Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? Great. How are you, Randy? Well, I am super excited because I made a last-second decision, and I'm going to go to Frisbeer. Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could go to Frisbeers. I know. I wish you could go, too. But, you know, just kind of the stars lined up, and I said, you know, life is short. I'm going. So it's going to be a, a great time. I'm really looking forward to it. But with that being said, I'm really excited about our episode today, too, because it's related to Frisbeer. And we have the honor of having on the current world champion in open pairs, Ryan Young, joining us here today on Shooting the Frisbees. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure to have you, Ryan. We always love talking to you. The reason why we have Ryan on the call today is that we want him to talk about his electronic judging system that he's been working on and uh, expanding, and he's going to be employing a new knob system. So Ryan, why don't you uh, give us some more information about what's going to happen regarding your judging system? All right. So first things first, uh, Frisbeer is my favorite tournament. One of the reasons is they let me experiment with new ideas I have. And so this year's idea is one that has been going around the community for a couple years, and that's using a physical dial to sync what the judge is feeling in the moment with what scores they get. So what I did is I went on the internet and I looked around for like a dial, and I found this volume knob that's pretty affordable. And what I do is in my program, I just track which way the knob is spinning, award scores accordingly. So the whole system is built around this one principle where the judge has a knob and the judge's job is just to translate what they're seeing into turning the knob one way or the other. So there's a lot of uh, methods we can experiment with this simple concept and we're going with the most basic for Frisbeer which is zero to ten scale. The knob will spin and it can go to zero but not below and it go to ten but not above and the judge is just responsible for keeping the number between 0 and 10. Like they're judging difficulty, but maybe they're judging general impression instead. So the 0 to 10 scale can be applied to any aspect we want. So I think for Frisbeer, we're going to do an asymmetric, something like maybe diff, AI, and general impression. So we're, we'll leave out execution for this tournament. Wow. So no, so no execution. So you're going to have, is it just three judges? Yeah, I think we. Jakob was telling me he will be able to get three dedicated judges for the tournament. Oh, so you'll have the three, the same three judges for the entire event. Sounds like it. Oh, that's okay. That's different than what I had imagined. I had imagined that everyone was going to get a chance to try the knob system. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. So, tell, talk to me more about the the knobs. Do they turn infinitely in either direction? Yes, they do turn infinitely in either direction. So for feedback, uh, my first attempt is I discovered there are these things called bone conducting headphones. So they're headphones that you wear, but instead of going in your ear, they sit on the outside of your ear, just like right in front of 
like the opening. That way you can hear everything around you, but it also, you can hear what the headphones are doing because it like vibrates it in through the bone that's like right there. So you can hear both the computer. So the computer is telling you what your score is. So it's like 3.5, 4, 4.5 as you turn it. But you can also hear all the music and all the, the disc and everything. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question is how does the judge know the score that they're assigning? So they hear the score in their ear as they turn the knob. Exactly. There's oh, also yeah. some visual feedback on the tablet. I would say most of the time you're probably not going to be wanting, wanting to look at the tablet. So the audio feedback I thought was better. Okay, so my next question is um, with the knob turning infinitely, if somebody turns it and they hear six and then they stop moving it, does it stay at six? Or does it change yes. at all because they're not moving it? Okay, so it's really about the position of the knob that defines the numbers. Exactly. Okay. And then how often do you read the score? And then how does that translate into the overall score? Uh, so right now I track the... So how the knob works is it sends virtual keyboard inputs to my program. And then when that input comes in, I just record when that happens. So it's it's like basically perfect. It's like millisecond perfect. So, so like when taking... the knob changes, it updates the score right then. Interesting. So then how do you average that out? Because you're not going to have a, a equal number of marks if they don't change the knob. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm doing an integration. So imagine you have a curve like going on the graph, like your car speedometer, if you were to graph it, all the like the distance your car travels is the area under that curve. I'm doing this, the same calculation here where I know what the speed was at one second and I know the speed at the time your speed changed and then I can figure out the area of that shape and then add that together. Okay, that makes sense. And so then the final score is basically an averaging of all of the different scores. It's not an average, it's an integration. So it's like your car's speed is equivalent to the knob, the current knob number and the distance you drove is the area under the curve. So I'm I'm calculating the distance you you drove, your car drove. Okay. Like a car driving is the analogy I use because it's exactly the same. It's like the number that your dial is is your speed, and how far you drove is your score. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I'm like, oh, what? So does it, so does it, is the, the length of the routine, the distance the car goes, is that what it is? It's more like the routine is three minutes, let's say. The faster you drive a car for three minutes, the farther you're going to go, right? So the idea is you want to keep your speed as high as you can. Okay, so if you're a competitor, you're wanting to go as big as you can because you want the speed to be as high as it can go from the judge's point of view. Yes, Okay. And so how does that affect, say, an artistic impression point of view? There hasn't been a lot of data on judging artistic impression with, with a real-time system, so I, I don't actually know. So I think in the current like Frisbee world, artistic impression is very momentum-based. So if you're just catching a lot in the row, you will have a high AI score. So I think that will carry over to the dial system as well. Like, I imagine... If you do get in a hot streak, your AI score will just go up and up. I, it actually depends on the judges. We, we it's kind of like unprecedented territory, so we I don't know. 
Yeah, well, I, that's what I was thinking is that I'm, I'm assuming the person who's going to be judging artistic impression with the dial going to have something to look for, like, either, you know, the connection to music, you know, the connection to each other, the connection to the audience, the choreography. There's going to be some values that they're going to be looking at that would be different than, say, the difficulty of the technical person. Yeah, exactly. So, Debbie, you wrote, written down what those values are? I have not. So is it basically some or the person who's judging AI will be told you're judging AI and then they get to make it up? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would think it would be kind of based on the FPA system that you're going to use that sort of framework. What I think is cool about the real-time one is that you're actually valuing what you're seeing right at that moment instead of reflecting back. I would guess that they would be using, like I say, the FPA framework of what AI is, of co-ops and music and flow and form and sort of general impression. And that would be my, my assumption. Does that sound probably right, Ryan? Yeah, that is a good place to start. Well, yeah, but whose job is it to define that? When we go to Frisbeer and we meet the judges, I think Jakob and I will sit down with all three of them and explain how it works and our expectations. And that'll be part of the, the discussion. Be like, yeah, you can base it off the FPA system. And when you see things you would reward an FPA system, turn the dial up. So now you have you have difficulty, you have artistic impression, and the other dial is going to be a general impression dial. So... How does that get separated? What do you think they'll be looking at? Probably uh, like like crowd reaction is a good uh, analogy. Like when the crowd gets really into it and are cheering a lot, I would assume the general impression judge would give higher scores in those moments. So I'm, I'm asking this from watching the Olympics. You know, they have just the technical and the artistic. It almost seems like maybe the third knob isn't really necessary. In a sense, because AI almost kind of covers that general impression as well as technical. I agree. So this is just my personal opinion, but I think the technical judge should only reward technical achievements. Like they should be looking for restrictions and hard catches and consecutivity. And the AI should only be looking for like musicality and form and those type of things. But the general impression can give points for both of those categories. So they can reward based on anything they see, but the difficulty judge and the AI judge should only give points respective to their category. That makes a lot of sense. What would be really great is if you had a panel that was also using the FPA judging system, watching from on the live stream and to see how the results, how they matched up to have like a A-B test You'd have to create a recruiting campaign, I think. We would need like 30 people to pull this test off and like a couple of days. It would not be a small project. So maybe you can use the podcast to do some recruiting. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. All right, fans <laughs> out there. Anybody want to be a judge? <laughs> yeah. So what do you think the main takeaway or the main impetus for implementing this system? Is it efficiency? Is it more audience friendly. What what do you what are you looking at to accomplish with this test? There's a couple of things, but to me the most important one is the time. So because you're entering your scores in real time and when the routine's over, you're done, it just makes everything a lot easier. Like your scores are just tallied immediately. You can have a, a running leaderboard. You can do splits. It just opens up a lot of possibilities. Just for the tournament organization, it's a lot easier because your timetable is a lot more consistent. So just time-wise, there's a lot of advantages to having 
like a real time system where it's done as soon as the routine ends. Yep, that makes so much sense, and it's it's actually is very exciting to me that that you're thinking about it from the, that perspective, from the perspective of how does this change, how does this change the tournament organizers' experience, and how does this change the audience's experience, and I guess how does it change the players' experience? Less about getting the system right to judge the play, and more about how does the system impact everyone who's uh, in the moment enjoying the experience. That's something that we sometimes lose when we talk about judging systems. Probably the discussion that will happen is like, is it a valid result? That's where I think people are going to go down the rabbit hole and lose all those other things that you were just talking about. And my feeling is that I think as long as you have good judges, it's not going to matter what system that you're using. I would agree with that. I know there's a lot of emotion involved when you're talking about accuracy and like what should be rewarded with what, but... I don't think even the current FPA system was vetted against something else and then was like, the FPA system's more accurate than this other system. I don't think that's ever been done. So why do we have to compare ourselves to the FPA system? That's a really good point. Like, how did the FPA system become the Bible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never it's, thought about that. It's that old, that old, we've always done it this way. If we talk about that at my work sometimes, that's not a valid reason to continue to do something. If this turns out to be something where it is at least dotting most of the I's and crossing most of the T's about what the product is that's being presented, the pluses that it brings to the table far outweighs any of that discussion. I mean, I, I can just think as a player that when a routine gets done and my, my team is up next, it's like, I'm ready to go. I don't have to wait for you know, that 10 minutes of purgatory of jabulations. It's like, you just go. Exactly. I know. So this version, I made a scoreboard and I set up the teams to play and I put like an ETA on each team. Like when they're playing, I'm like, man, I bet it'll be pretty accurate because there's no downtime. It's the only time you need between teams now is the introduction. Yeah, and from everybody's experience, you know, like the audience is like, oh, wow, that was great. Oh, here comes the next team. And then, oh, and I and I can see their score and I see exactly where they are placed there. They oh, they they just took they just took first place over. Oh, this next team totally involved. So, Ryan, can you talk a little bit about um, if Frisbeer is going to have that scoreboard presented to the audience? And is there any way that they'll be able to integrate it into the live stream? Uh, so I am. Okay, so two two things. One is the scoreboard for the live audience. I know Jakob mentioned something about having a projector, but it's on the fence if it's actually going to happen. I know one year we used a big TV, but I know getting a big TV into the gym is also tricky. So who knows? I'm hoping we can at least get a small monitor with it on just for people that are close. It always shows like results and the lineup so that at least competitors can see when they're going to play for the live stream i'm making an overlay and it will do like the normal lower thirds that shows the team that's playing but i also have uh, like a little mini scoreboard on display while they're playing it's very similar to if you watch figure skating they have this new scoreboard that's tiny in the upper left that shows the leader score and their current technical score so I do this similar thing where I figure out who is winning or who who's in first place. I calculate how many points they have on average at this moment. And then I show how many points the current team has. And then I do a like a 
some math to figure out like if they're ahead or behind. And then I display that all in like this tiny little space. That way you get a sense of how well the team is doing in real time, even if you have no idea how like what freestyle frisbee is. Oh, so that will be visible yeah, on the on the live stream. That is so cool. <laughs> I probably, I wish that I wasn't going to Frisbeer so I could watch the live stream and see how this is going to be implemented. But I guess it will be recorded so I can look at it later. So during the round, let's say there's eight teams, five teams have gone. You'll be able to see who's leading at that moment. Exactly. So, Ryan, how much effort have you put into this? This current dial system is maybe like 30 hours of work so far. Relatively small compared to the FPA system, so I don't feel it yet. But it's definitely by far the best system code-wise that I've made. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for the contribution that you're making to our sport. It's uh, it's very exciting and it's uh, very much appreciated. I'm going to echo that 100 million percent, Ryan. Thank you for pushing it in this direction. It's a direction I've always wanted to see it go, but now we actually have a chance to implement it and see it work. Yeah, I'm excited. And so uh, we should also do just a little plug for the live stream. So uh, thank you very much to Mystic, uh, who is a Frisbeer local. He'll be doing live streaming from Frisbeer. So everyone listening to this podcast will be able to tune in to frisbeeguru.com and watch all this stuff take place real time. So thank you very much to Mystic. And thanks, Ryan, for working with Mystic and making that integration happen. And uh, thank you to the Frisbeer crew for being so willing to to implement and try and do so much for the sport. Yeah. So thank you, Ryan. And uh, I will see you at Frisbeer, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. And Jake, on that note, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us, or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the frisbees and live streaming.